Hello, everyone. I'm Elena Armijo, and I'm the founder of the C-Suite Collective. This is a company I created for executive leadership coaching and wellness that supports C-Suite executives, entrepreneurs, and founders. We support modern companies committed to fostering diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, holistic organizational growth, and generational impact for years to come. Now, more than ever, businesses are running faster and with fewer resources. Burnout, overwhelm, disconnection, and disillusionment are the new norm for teams struggling with an old paradigm. At the C-Suite Collective, we believe deeply that providing massive support for your teams through executive coaching and holistic practices will create an inclusive culture, higher levels of performance, sustainable change, and the organizational impact you desire. You can find us at the c-suitecollective.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Collective Corner. Today, I'm sitting down with Juanita Molano Parra, and she is one of my dearest soul sisters and friends. She is passion and heart and grace and wisdom and really just an angel on earth. Uh, This woman can make me smile and laugh in any room, and I look forward to the day we get to go salsa dancing. (laughs) Um, She's originally from Colombia and moved to the U.S. almost a decade ago, and she attended the business school at NYU Stern. So Anita worked in corporate finance with multinational companies in consumer products, retail, and tech, and she is one of our brilliant executive coaches at the C-Suite Collective. We hope you enjoy the episode today and remember that something powerful resides within you and we are here to support you in seeing it and creating it. Welcome to another episode of The Collective Corner, Um, Juanita, soul sister. You are here with us today. You are an executive and leadership coach. You are many things in the world, but I'm so honored that you're a part of our team and you're here today. So thank you for being here. Thanks for the invitation. I'm really excited. I mean, to an invitation to both, to the Sister Collective, to the podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Ah. Well, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you and I know each other. Who I am? Uh, I am. I am a coach. I am a Colombian woman. So I currently live in the U.S. in Indianapolis. For those that are familiar with the Midwest, for those that are not as close to Chicago, um, originally from Colombia, from Bogota, the city, the mountains. I've been in the U.S. for almost 10 years. It's going to be 10 years next year, which seems insane to me. Wow. Yeah. Um, I live with my husband, my two cats. How do we know each other? So we were, I was thinking about this also because I don't remember how we met, Elena. I have no idea how we met. I know we met at Accomplishment Coaching, mm-hmm. but like at what point you came into my life? No idea. Like you just were there. I know it's a blur, right? <laughs> And so we were in accomplishment coaching. We were in a team together. Um, and I was thinking a lot about that because I was thinking about things that you know knew about me and, and things you didn't know about me. But you are some one of the 
people that know so much about me because we played in a team together and because we've been in a relationship afterwards too that it's weird it's weird relationships I think because they're so deep in such a short time so yeah I think who I am too like I don't get in deep relationships like that with people so Mm Yeah, well, and it's kind of abnormal. You know, we've talked a little bit on on the podcast about accomplishment coaching, who we give huge props to in the world for, you know, training us to be the level that we're at. Um, but, you know, most people don't understand what that structure is like or what it means when we're in deep relationship. They're like, what does that actually mean? And it's like we share intimate parts of our lives to be worked on at a high level that we would never walk into, you know, a group of strangers and do in, in a normal setting. So it creates this instant bond with you that I had. And I remember, I think where we met is I subbed for your team in winter for, for, I don't know, a day or something. I came over and I remember meeting you and watching you lead a group of coaches there and thinking how incredibly kind you were. And I loved your heart and seeing you work with people. There's just this like immense heart that comes out when you speak to people and for people that can't see you you know you're like this tiny 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 little woman (laughs) and the amount of power that comes out you know uh makes you seem like a superhero so I remember that greatly yeah I am thank you I it's so funny I I don't remember that as much but I remembered that my first like I think full experience of you it was my first weekend where I was not, I didn't have the title, but I was kind of a team lead out of sort of the blue because of circumstances and stuff. First weekend is actually our last weekend in person. And we went for lunch and I was just freaking out. I was losing it. And I looked like I was losing it. And you were sitting and you were like, hey, come sit here. And I sat there and you were just so much love and light, light from like lightness. Mm. And just so like, yeah, what's up? And like listening and then just being with me and and giving me just so much love and normalization. And like, we were talking before we got on here about belonging. And like, I think that's what it felt like. Oh, okay. I'm not alone. I'm not insane. Like, this is like a haven. And that's, I think that is the word that I think a lot when, when it comes to you and when it comes to my, my experience of you, Elena, is that, that haven. Aww. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I mean, it's what I look to create everywhere for myself, <laughs> but also for, for the world. I know we mentioned that one of the things we wanted to talk about today was authenticity uh, through the lens of how we're working with companies and clients. And so how does authenticity relate to belonging for you? Um, I think in a few ways, being in an organization or working with organizations, when you talk about belonging, so much of it is around creating the space where different authenticities can be part of. I think that's kind of like the way that I, that I see them connected, right? So where people being their own genuine, true, unique self has a place and so I think that's that's a lot of what I think when I think about like okay what do we need to do what do we need to shift what do we need to bring to create an experience of belonging here is what do we need to all of that for create an experience where each person can be their unique self and can be that authentic 
So I, I think that's a big part of it. Well, we're looking at it through the lens of us and others, right? I, when we're talking about corporations, it's, yeah, it's something that I notice in any conversation that we have with people that walk through the door, right? That are looking for coaching or training or development in their companies. One of the first things that I hear is, you know, we don't really have a culture where where people feel like they can say things authentically, or they're going to get in trouble if they say the thing in a room, or we want a culture of belonging, but we don't know how to create it. Right? Is this your experience too, from the people you're talking to? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I think one of the side effects of authenticity can be not belonging. Yes. Which makes it so freaking dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Like talk about <laughs> vulnerability and courage and all of those things we talk all the time. Like being authentic can be so dangerous and requires so much vulnerability because it can create that experience of not belonging. And so I think for me in my personal experience over the last, I would say over the last two years, is that true? Yeah, like over the last year and a half, especially, I've been in a more self-centered so kind of like about me conversation of of identity and who I am uh and one of the side effects of that was realizing like oh Jesus like I actually had a lot of experience and I'm experiencing a lot of like not belonging where I live or in the communities that where I am because what I've been doing and I'm great at this for better and worse. It serves in some cases, but for better and worse, I'm great at adapting. I'm great at assimilating. And so I've done it so well that I didn't realize it. And now I'm like, oh, right. Like, that's why that's why I've quote unquote belonged is because I have adapted and I have assimilated. But if I am actually true to myself, if I am actually connecting to who I am, to my identity, to the things that are important to me, then that doesn't fit. And that sucks. Yeah, and it brings up so much in us, right? I I love that you're talking about where you live as, as the most recent example of this, yeah? And for me, one of the most recent examples was I've been asked to write an op-ed around uh, the possible overturn of Roe versus Wade, right? And as a coach, I was sitting there, okay, well, what can I say from a coaching mindset, <laughs> You know, and I'm like writing down some ideas and thoughts. And I noticed that my my lean is always to hold an unbiased space because that's what we do as coaches, right? We hold space to to hear and be with all of it. And as I was doing this, the first draft came out pretty angry, you know, and I thought, okay, well, I shouldn't be angry, right? There's the should. And I was like, so I should, I should rewrite this and take this out so I'm not angry. And then I was like, well, wait mm-hmm. a minute, it's an op-ed. I think an op-ed is your opinion, <laughs> you know, <laughs> quite literally, right? And I'm like, quite literally. So if it's my opinion, I can be angry, but then clearly that means I have to, you know, put a stake in the ground. And it, it unraveled this whole conversation for me that was really interesting because I'm not used to feeling safe enough to be angry in the world. Right. And even even after all the work I've done around this, here I was faced again with like, wait a minute, if I show my anger, will I be in trouble? Will I not, will I be left out of the cool group? Will people feel alienated by my anger? You know, and, and again, I was in this conversation that is very familiar to me since I was a little girl. 
like being a woman in the world that's biracial, that assimilates a lot in different places, being angry was not okay. Right. So even now when I have a platform, I don't even have a boss that's going to yell at me for being angry in this opinion. (laughs) And I'm still hesitating. Right. So was that kind of what you experienced in some way with your recent example of where you live? Yeah. Well, I think part of it, I was thinking, well, there is an incident that happened that I was telling you right before just yesterday, literally yesterday, where as you said it, I realized that was a lot of what I was struggling with. Uh, the short version of this is that I was in a new group I had never been in, eight different women, all business owners. Like I said, I live in the Midwest. This is a very white place. And it was mostly white women. There were a few of us that were not. Uh, and this woman was a speaker and she was a quote-unquote coach and you're going to see why I use quotes. And she was talking about image and influence and how to use your image and da-da-da. But it was from an entirely white, privileged U.S. experience presented as the truth. It was an hour long, an hour I spent in my head basically figuring out what I couldn't be with. Like, what was the thing here that I just like, this is not aligned with me or what I think or what I want to see in the world. Do I say something or do I not say something? Because I was a guest of a friend there. So I'm new. Who am I to say anything? Three, I don't want to sound angry about this, even though I am so pissed about so many things that she said but I don't want to sound angry because I sound angry then I won't be taken seriously or I will be dismissed or you know like if I want to bring people along I need to keep it calm and it's so hard Mm -hmm. to have all these conversations (laughs) at the same time by yourself in your head Which is what every business owner and client does that is in this space, right? They hold all of these conversations at once. So, I I mean, so I think, yeah, like the, the, what you're allowed to do, what you're, anger is such a, anger is such a fascinating thing because it's like anger in the sense of like anger as the emotion and it just is and it's a thing to experience, but anger as the judgment Oh, like you're angry. I cannot listen to you. I'm afraid you're going to get angry. He was so angry. He made a mess. Like, that's not really like anger. The emotion is anger, like how we relate to it or the judgments we have around what happens with it. And it's kind of like, I don't know. It just becomes weird in these conversations. What, what we can do, what we as women can do. And the what sucks about it, I think, well, I mean, many things talk about it, but one of the things that talks about it is that anger is a very useful emotion. Like, as is, it's a very useful emotion, but because of all the stories and beliefs and restrictions and whatnot, most of us don't know how to express it. And so I was thinking, like, as you were sharing and writing this op-ed, like, 
yeah, great that you're angry. Like that is part of your opinion and what comes out of your opinion with it. Different is if you start like, I don't know if this is the word, like blasphemy and like just calling out all these names and like shaming or how do you say when you cur- yeah, or curse somebody? Shaming like, or making wrong. Or, will you start yeah. saying Juanita Ulano is the worst person in the universe? You know, like, I don't know how you say that, but that's down. an entirely yeah. different thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But how do we learn to yep. do one, not mm-hmm. the other in writing, in, in voice, in actions, when we do not give ourselves or we do not get the permission to practice and try? Totally. Well, and thank you for that because that's actually the practice, right? What what I what I want to do. I mean, this this op-ed is still in draft form, so I'm going to go back after this conversation <laughs> and allow myself to be angry on purpose, right? As a as a way to express myself in a place that it is safe because it's an op-ed. It's not a client session. It's not a room full of leaders that might have differing opinions that I need to hold space for, for both sides. Right. So I think, um, talking about authenticity for me, that's one way back is, are you being true to yourself and getting what you need, um, as part of your foundation? And that's something we talk a lot with about companies that come in, like, what is the foundation that you're creating? And what are some of the conversations you've heard around foundation and authenticity or belonging? Yeah. There's a, I guess this would be like kind of like a definition of authenticity, but I heard this from Madi at Soul Focus Group. Soul Focus Group is an organization we've been, with, we have both done trainings with. Um, and they, he said something, I hope I don't butcher this, but he said something along the ways of like authenticity is like the true expression of my internal state. Something like that. And it very much resonated because I think that's in an organization when you are able to check on that connect or disconnect, those are places where you can start to, when you can do something about it, right? Like when you can actually make a change, when you can actually make adjustments. But to know that connection or disconnection, you need to know what is your internal state so use the word foundation and i think that's a lot of the foundational work is knowing that internal state knowing that like who you are at your core be it a person individual so their values i love the values exercise from there to lead i know there's a bunch of others but like just something that you can um anchors something that you can co- go back to so what is most important to you what is the impact that you want to have in the world uh what are your deepest fears because like that is part of who you are too and that sometimes guides our actions just like much like our values where we want it or not uh, in a company it may be similar like values what the impact is it may not exactly be fears but what are some of the challenges what are some of the risks what are those things that are at the core of what the organization is and then we can talk about like how we create belonging taking that into account then we can talk about how we're not being authentic and we're not aligned with what we're saying what we're saying with who we are because we know who we are 
Yeah. And this is a step that I think people step over, right? Because they just assume that they know, or they did the exercise six years ago or something like that, or they're not present to how they've changed as humans, right? Even, even if they did it last year. So that's really interesting. What do you think would change in organizations if they did this work first, creating a foundation from this way? I think you, it's, it's like having more of a, it's not a guideline. It's kind of like a guideline. The thing that guides the boats. Uh, uh, land, the one, <laughs> a lighthouse. Lighthouse. The thing on land that it's has the like light. It's kind of like a lighthouse. <laughs> the lighthouse. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that thing, the house that has a light. It's kind of like, I think one of the differences is that it's kind of like having a lighthouse. So often conversations and organizations can turn into like open water. So we're all here and we're kind of, so to give you an example, let's say um, in an organization, we're having a conversation about what training we bring to our employees, Uh, thinking about culture, thinking about how we work together, what type of training do we bring to our employees? Well, let's bring anti-racism training. Well, do we make it mandatory? Do we have to charge for it? Is this the most important thing? Out in the open water without some sort of lighthouse without some sort of anchor about who we are, what we stand for, what is important to us, this conversation can become a conversation. Well, one, a forever conversation. Forever conversation. It can become yeah. a hierarchical conversation where not really fair, but like then the CEO or the director or whatever ends up having to make a choice out of their opinion or how they prioritize or anything like that, which doesn't have great consequences. Uh, and so you, like, I think you can end up with a feeling of like power over, um, or it can become actually a conflict. Like, no, I say, yes, I say, no, I say, yes, I say, no, I say this, I say that, but, but we don't have an actual anchor. So it's great to have a disagreements. It's great to have different opinions, different views, but doing that work of what is most important, what is your core authentic, true for yourself or for your organization, like for an organization, it gives that light to guide decisions, guide hard conversations, guard visions, plans, all of it. Totally. That's incredible. So it's a very clear place to start, which is what we bring as well to the table, right? Let's start here and let's get clear about it. Yeah. And I think the challenge and Definitely for organizations, for people too, is that it's not super sexy and it's not like super, you know, like it's not like at the end of it, you're like, and now I have this like five-year no. plan of how we're going to take over the market, you know, like, it's no, it's like, no, actually like with this, like right away, you don't have, you have, you don't have anything. Like that's not going to tell you exactly how to run the business. Not going to tell you exactly who to hire, who not to hire, what process to have or what systems to implement. So it's not really sexy. It's, I think it can be, it can be incredibly vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It requires introspection that often we don't want to do. And so I think these are all great reasons to bypass it. Well, or to stay the same, right? To keep the status quo or stay safe, which then nothing new is happening or no new creativity, innovation, or conversations that will change something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's just like going through the, going through the, 
I don't want to say this is painful because it, it's not sexy, but it's not painful. Uh, but like going through the challenge or hassle of doing this work for for something more, for something else. But it's it's work. It's like, I mean, when you set the foundation of a house, you, I hope, will never again see the foundation. But everything rests on it. Exactly, right? <laughs> Unless something goes wrong. And just... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's such a beautiful metaphor, the house. Mm-hmm. Are you building the house with a foundation that will stand yeah. for all time or will it sink? Yeah. I think starting it, I'm going to say depending on yeah. the type of people that you are. Because <laughs> you can start it by yourself. And for some people that feels safer, right? like starting by yourself, figuring out your own values. And then maybe you do it with your partner or with your best friend or a close business partner. But but starting it like very like intimate and kind of like cocooned so that you see what this can change so that you can see what like a values or or or, or like self-true essence like whatever that conversation is so you start to get a sense of that. I am more of a collective person and I need accountability and like I, I need to know the experience of others. So like for someone like that, I would say like, do it with a group, right? Like do it as a team. You and your team, you go through the values exercise. Again, there's a gazillion, but if you go to Brenna Brown's there to lead hub, there's a guide there. Go through them and start to play with them. One of the cool things that I like about that exercise is this piece about like operationalizing the values. You pick two, and you put behaviors attached to them. So when you do it as a team, you don't, don't only get a sense of what it is for yourself, but you can start to see like, oh, I know that this are Elena's values and this is how they show up. This is how this is impacting us working together. Now I get a better sense of why this wasn't working in us working together. So again, depending on how you work, like start it in your own cocoon, if that feels like safer and more like you want to experience it yourself first, or create it in a collective if you want to experience it with others and see what that looks like. And then you can start expanding and you can start deepening those, those inquiries of, of who you are. What would you say to leaders who want to start this work, but they're, they don't even know where to start the conversation or who to call or where to go? What would you... What advice would you give them? I think starting it, I'm going to say depending on the type of people that you are. Because <laughs> you can start it by yourself. And for some people that feels safer, right? Like starting by yourself, figuring out your own values. And then maybe you do it with your partner or with your best friend or a close business partner. Uh, but but starting it like very like intimate and kind of like cocooned. So that you see what this can change, so that you can see what like a values or or or, or self true essence, like whatever that conversation is. So you start to get a sense of that. I am more of a collective person, and I need accountability, and like I I need to know the experience of others. So like for someone like that, I would say like do it with a group, right? Like do it as a team. You and your team, you go through the values exercise. Again, there's a gazillion, but if you go to Brenna Brown's there to lead hub, there's a guide there. Go through them and start to play with them. One of the cool things that I like about that exercise is this piece about like operationalizing the values. You pick two and you put behaviors attached to them. So when you do it as a team, you don't only get a sense of what it is for yourself, but you can start to see like, oh, I know that these are Elena's values and this is how they show up. 
this is how this is impacting us working together. Now I get a better sense of why this wasn't working in us working together. So again, depending on how you work, like start it in your own cocoon, if that feels like safer and more like you want to experience it yourself first, or create it in a collective if you want to experience it with others and see what that looks like. And then you can start expanding and you can start deepening those, those inquiries of, of who you are. Beautiful places to start. Thanks for the resources. We'll make sure everybody has access to those that's listening. Um, what do you hope to see for the world over the next year? I don't know. I think there's just more kindness. Mm. <laughs> yeah. More kindness. There's a lot of mm-hmm. things happening everywhere. There's a lot of... There's a lot of comparative suffering and there's a lot of shaming. Um, and I think kindness is such a good antidote for any of those. And I don't think any of the big problems in any of our worlds is going anywhere without kindness. Mm, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Anything else you want the people to know? About the Collective Corner or yourself or about businesses we're working with before we say goodbye? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, share, I'll share about on my end, uh, I think, ways that I am spreading kindness, spreading resources, and that I'm creating more of a collective with business owners. That's a lot of where I have my, my heart and my attention put right now. So... More information about me, I think, Elena, you'll, you'll put the link to my page. But one thing that I've started this year I'm super excited about is Jumpstart, which is a bi-weekly newsletter. We have tools, resources. Uh, I've started to do a lot of the things I do in real life, but I wasn't doing online, which is basically spreading the word about the things that I love, the organizations that I'm passionate about, or the articles that have all the insights that I've been looking for. Um, so... Yeah, encourage mm, you to mm-hmm. check it out. If you go to my website, uh, jumpcoaching.co, jumpstart, you're going to find it there. And yeah, that's the way to stay in touch. Beautiful. Yes, yes. Please look that up. Get on her mailing list. It's really good. I get her, her biweekly newsletters and it makes my heart so happy every time it comes through to see it. So it's definitely not uh, just one more email in your inbox that you'll ignore. So, well, Juanita, thank you so much for being here. Uh, you're such a gift, a tremendous gift to the C-Suite Collective. And it's an honor Thanks. to be here. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be a part of Mr. Mijo.